And we're on the air in five, four, three, two, one. Pencil. We are beginning to be able, cautiously, and with our eyes open. All right, welcome. This is uh, the Here You Are Wassa podcast. Uh, I'm one of the hosts, Dino, and I'm here with... Eric. That might have been our most professional intro to the show ever. Well, it should be. We're, we're on iTunes now, so we need to be professional. Exactly. So it's <laughs> it's uh, a little bit more pressure because now we know that we're out in the world, so we've got to actually do a proper podcast i guess so which means if you're listening get out there and subscribe yes that's right so we're gonna hit you you know there'll be links and all that sort of stuff i'm uh gonna expand we're gonna expand a couple of different features uh i joined spotify and spotify is the hardest thing in the world to understand for me i just simply it's just the most complicated app in the entire world (laughs) um but when we do a podcast i'm gonna put together a playlist and we're gonna I'm going to put out a playlist. I don't know if you're going to do that, Eric, but I'm going to do it with every podcast. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So that's I'm going to do that with every podcast. Um, and then we've got a mailing list that we haven't really come up with an idea of what we want to do with. Um, but it doesn't really matter. Our podcasts are up and uh, on iTunes, on Pocket Cast, on Downcast. So you can go find us everywhere. On Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher was the first place. So yeah, and when we get those other things in place, we'll uh, we'll hit you up for those too. Exactly. So. so the we are now at the the is today the last day of no, it's not the last day of January. It's close. It's close to the end of January. So we decided to wait till everybody else did their sort of year end wrap up and year end look ahead. So so if we were to look back on the the biggest stories in central Wisconsin uh, over the last year, in 2015, what do you think they would be? I think one of the top ones would be the mall. I mean, I think that that's been one of the bigger topics, at least for me, that I have seen. Do you you get the sense that that thing's coming to a head? I hope so. I mean, I I haven't seen anything on it lately. Right. So, I suppose it's being deliberated in some back right, room somewhere. Yeah, some sort of secret uh, whatever. But uh, so since now we're hyper aware of, of listenership, so the, the Wassa Center Mall uh, ex- has existed probably for 20 years, 25 years? Twenty. Yeah, I think it's 25. Yeah. So it's it's been a while. And uh, and I think by all estimation, it's uh, it's having some trouble like every other – like every other mall and every small town, I think every small to medium sized town in America, right? That's fair. Yeah, well, that's very fair. I, I mean, would say even bigger towns. I think malls just generally around America are are not they're struggling. Des- destination shopping isn't a thing anymore. Not really. Yeah, I don't think you so. Know, or you have you have outlets like in Central Wisconsin. We have you know Rib Mountain, which is full of the Best Buys and the Olive Gardens, and I think that those little pop-up areas, if you will, have sort of done the mall a disservice. Right. I think they, they've provided. But then again, to be fair, like Cedar Creek, if you go up to Cedar Creek now, 
I don't know that there's any there are any stores in there. I think it's the convention center and then there's the movie theater. But that's right. not true. There's there's a bunch of stores out there. So, but um, and they're putting a lot of money into yeah know, renovation as well. Yeah, so that's that's kind of fun to to see. You know, like it's it's confusing when for me because I only go out there for the movies. You know, real or to go to Vitamin World because that's you know Vitamin World is out there. You're um, the only person I know that has ever shopped there. Yeah. I okay. Well, that's uh, and it's apparently doing well because it's never closed. Never closed. It hasn't. I I managed to keep an entire retail outlet open all by myself. That's how many supplements I take. Um. So we. You go out there, like I went out there once, and all of a sudden they had rebuilt the, or they had redone the decorations to the movie theater entry. Remember they redid the rocks and stuff? Right. I was completely confused by that. I'm like, what the hell just happened here? So, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I, so the Wasa Center Mall is, is, is floundering. It's been floundering for a while. Um, at this point, I think the only reason I've gone in the mall in the last two years is bourbon chicken. Hmm. You know, I, I haven't, I haven't bought a Christmas gift there or anything like that. Have you? I have a six year old child. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. I have to go every once in a while because she finds it to be a fascinating place. Really? But outside of that, no, I mean, I used to go there almost daily to eat lunch when I worked downtown, but yeah, outside of that, no, I don't have any need to go there. Yeah, so there. So right now in town, it, it, if I think I'm understanding this correctly, there's a secret group of people. It's probably not a secret group, but um, there's a group of people who are putting together a plan or are evaluating a plan that somebody has given the city, and it sort of comes down to the city making X amount of millions of dollars of investment in the mall to move one of the uh, anchor vendors, J.C. Penny or one of them, from from one anchor store to another anchor store, which, being a non-retail guy, boggles my mind why that's significant. But well, there's a idea? whole there's a whole structure in the mall that I didn't realize. Uh, apparently, there's there's different tiers, if you will, of of anchor stores. Okay. And this Yonkers that's moving is a smaller tier than JCPenney was. And a lot of the stores within the mall are tied to these anchor stores. So their rent, for instance, is controlled by who is in that anchor store. So they pay X amount of dollars as long as JCPenney, for example, is in the big anchor. Okay. JCPenney moves out. This other little store doesn't have to pay as much rent anymore. Oh, because the JCPenney is not there. So the mall starts losing money because everybody has a contract like that. That's part of their dealings when they get into a mall. So now they're paying less rent and the mall has you know less money to survive and pay its own bills. So that's one of the big downfalls to, to, uh, what, to what happened to them. Wow. Why they stopped paying their taxes and had trouble paying rent was because this anchor store, JCPenney, was floundering financially nationwide. Sure. It's not just Wausau, and they closed a number of stores, and Wausau was one of them. I didn't know that. I didn't know that the two things were tied together like that. Right. So the idea is to move Yonkers, which has apparently has a lot of um, work that needs to be done to the location. 
to okay. move them out, you know, remodel this former JCPenney structure, move Yonkers in there, the mall management can then increase everybody's rent back to contract level. Wow. Okay. And start making more money. <clears throat> and then the the city, the the incentive for the city is we invest X amount of dollars into making, to helping someone make that move. And then that boosts up the tax base of the mall. And as a result, we keep things going the way they're going. Right. City gets their money paid back and the mall, you know, starts to be revitalized. And then according to this quote unquote secret plan. Sure. The second phase of three, I don't know, are there three phases? I forget. But the second phase is to then lure someone into the former smaller Yonkers space. That sounds so unappealing to lure them in. We have to we have to lure someone in, you know. But you know, that's what it is. I mean nobody wants to move into a mall these right. days. Businesses I mean, would rather open up a stand up yeah. Place like, like Best Buy, like the Red Mountain areas. I mean, I get a kick out of, you know, we have our friend Mark works for a property developer. And, you know, we used to go out to lunch and he would talk, he would just give us these horror stories of, you know, trying to get retailers or, you know, into the properties that he was managing. And it's just like, yeah, that it, Mark's job seems impossible, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't even know how you would do that, you know. Hi, Coldwater Creek. Would you like to come here and open a store? Yes. No. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't. That's a world that I don't understand. But you know. Yes, we would as long as there's a J.C. Penney within you know 300 feet. And yeah. There's eateries within you know there's six eateries within a six block radius. I mean, it's it's interesting what these contracts probably involve. Wow. So what what's your feeling on this? Does the deal get done and Yonkers gets moved? I. Yeah, I mean, I think that deal is already done. Okay. And is it just a question of how much money we give them all then in support? Right. Oh, okay. Right. So then is it going to work? Will malls work in 2016? I don't I don't think so. I don't agree with it. Yeah. I think that it just uh, – nobody's had success nationwide trying to revitalize these these big monstrosities. I don't know why we're going to be any different. Right. I just I just sort of think that this general theory for downtown development isn't it, it doesn't match up to the world anymore because you know, my my family actually had a business that was displaced by the mall. And uh we owned a hotel and my my parents owned a hotel on 5th and Jackson, which is where the Sears layaway part is now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, they bought us out and knocked it down and built the mall. And I'm actually right next to me here is a picture of the mall. Okay, that that was weird. Right next to me here at my house is a picture of downtown that my parents had taken from an airplane before the mall came in. And it's, you know, it's a totally different thing. And so I, I wonder if... I don't I don't think that urban planning now has malls as anchors for downtowns anymore, you no. know. No. And Wassa did something detrimental to the mall, I think, by building a jail right across the street. <laughs> I don't 
I don't think the urban planning was very well thought out. And I think that that, you know, in some way, in some way had a great deal to do with this particular mall failing the way it did. Yeah, so just again, to give a little bit of context, uh, literally right across the street from the mall is the Marathon... Jesus, that's hilarious. Right across the street from the mall is the Marathon County Jail. So there used to be a jail outside of downtown, somewhere else, several blocks, a couple of miles outside of downtown, and the jail aged out of being uh, valuable and valid anymore. And the Marathon County Courthouse is right downtown, and someone, in their infinite wisdom attached the Marathon County Jail to the courthouse, which is right across the street. Holy crap. Right across the street from the mall. So the jail is downtown in Wausau, Wisconsin. Correct. That's hilarious now that I think about it. Yep. So. In walking distance. So, you know. In and throwing it like you could throw a rock from from Sears and hit the jail. You right. know, well, we're not being facetious. If you're listening from and you're not familiar with the area, you can literally walk out of the front door of the jail, across the street, and you will be in the Sears parking lot. So, I mean that we say literally, we mean it. So you have this strange collection of folks wandering over and spending time at the mall. Who wants to take their family down to that kind of environment? God, yeah. So the Very jail, true. yeah, so that that intersection right there, uh, that sort of four corners is the mall, that church, the transit center, and the jail. Yep. That's about as unattractive a plan as you could possibly get. Right, and somebody thought that was a good idea. So. Wow. That's why I don't have a lot of faith in what the city comes up with as an idea to rescue, to revitalize them all, because they they don't think things through very well. Clearly not even close. So, yeah. wow. All right, so that's, that, that is a big story, yes. I think that uh, an equally big story for me is uh, the race for mayor here in Wausau, Wisconsin. Um, I think that that is an going to be a hilarious sideshow of sort of grossness, you know, if you will, because it's uh, it's it's a lot of guys who I sort of go, yeah, I don't I know a lot of the players in town who would be great for this job and I don't know that any of you were on my list of guys I'd want to be mayor. So it's Keen Winters David Oberbeck, Robert Milkey. Uh, I think there's a, a police officer involved. I forget his name. Yeah, and I don't remember his. Yeah, he's he's so memorable that I don't remember his name. Um, let me look it up here. And uh, but all of them, it seems like. And Jay Cronenwetter. And Jay Cronenwetter. Yeah, so that's fun. Um, but uh, so there's five of them now. So let's go through this here real quick. Um, yep. 
Cronenwet, Jay Cronenwetter, David Prokop is the police officer, David yep. Oberbeck, Keen Winters, and Robert Milkey. So that's five. Robert Milkey being the current president of the city council. Yeah, I mean, he, he is the, the current council president, and he's the guy who just did uh, the investigation, if you will, of Keen Winters as being a, a, a rude boy. So, and I use that term facetiously, but, uh, you know, uh, so all of them, it's, it's amazing to sort of watch as a political guy. Uh, it's amazing to sort of watch this thing play out early on and, you know, Jay Cronenwetter is, is calling for an early debate among the mayoral candidates before the primary and, you know, it, uh, and he's doing it very passively, you know, just, and, uh. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that that will be one of those things where we're, we're, getting a, we're getting a weak crowd of mayoral candidates. And so now the well, city... It's interesting that you say that because the one thing that I've been wanting to say is uh, it, it, what's interesting is that he, he was unopposed until he said he was retiring. Right, and it took some time before these people stepped up. But then all of a sudden, it was every day there was someone new. Right, and I'm very curious where these people have been all of this time. They're very outspoken against him, and yeah. they have been for years. So why no one ran against him until he decided to retire is very interesting to me. So I think what what happens is there were some people who I thought were obvious choices that I thought were strong candidates. Some of which I didn't think were you know, that I wouldn't have picked. But so if I, you know, before this field of candidates came in, I thought we were going to see Jim Rosenberg run for mayor. I thought we were going to see Phil Velichka run for mayor. And I thought we were going to see Lisa Rasmussen run for mayor. Mm -hmm. I thought those were the three names that I was 99% sure that was the field. Rosenberg moves to lacrosse. Phil closed up his business, and I haven't seen Phil in a while. And, uh... And Lisa, it's my understanding, I think she's got a teenage kid. So I think that, you know, kind of the two things don't go hand in hand. I think she's a, a mother of a teenager, but I don't know. Um, and then as a result of, of that, I think that Tipple's uh, lack of support and also his age probably factored into it. You know, he he's post-retirement age, so he's this this salary that he collects now is purely profit, I think. So he can retire and still get paid um so i think when he decided this isn't fun anymore then all of a sudden the vacuum the the sort of behind the scenes people if you will realized okay we we need a mayor so who is it going to be initially keen winters had said had actually said to me um via email that he wasn't going to run for mayor he that, that wasn't something that was possible because he uh um because he was just starting his his personal business his his business and he wasn't willing to give it up to become mayor and so obviously something changed where he he made a decision where he thought he could go he could run and so uh the thing that comes out of that is you know he must have thought i can win this um and i think of of all of those guys i think he's the most sort of 
I think, overtly cunning of all of them. I think the other guys are all really good and they have obviously have some political support because they've gotten elected and they've all done some time except for Prokop and Kronowetter. Um, but the guys who were on the council who are running um, have all they've been in the political realm for a couple of years now. So I think that uh, it... Uh, I think that that's sort of how they made their decision. Like, okay, I can if I can win council, I can probably win this thing as well. I can probably win mayor. So, I think maybe that's what they're thinking. But man, it's it's really a, a group of guys without a mandate. I'm not looking forward to any sort of debates from these fellas because <laughs> I don't I don't know that I really care what they have to say. So, but then in a wild turn of events. Jim Tipple, yeah. current mayor, decides to run for city council. Yeah, that's as it's hilarious how he. Yeah, that's. I, it's it's well documented. I think he's a pretty bad mayor. So, I mean the the sort of continued and ongoing, um, not scandal but ineptitude that his administration is is managed or not managed. Um, is is shocking but i think the the good thing about that is i think that we'll have some good city council people you know pat peckham's running for council our friend uh tom neal's gonna run again um so so at least we got two so that cancels off cancels out the mayor you know and his ineptitude but um so um you know that's kind of that's kind of a good thing. So I think that um, for me, sort of a, another, my dog's back there, another sort of inside baseball or a little bit more inside Wasa thing is uh, I think that the story with North Central Healthcare is a big deal. So North, North Central Health Care is uh, our version of a, a public health operation. It's our county health department. Um, or our county health department is in concert with it. It's sort of a mixture of public and private or public and nonprofit. So um, our friend, my friend Laura, left her role at Bridge Clinic here in Wausau to take on the role of number two or the number two leadership position at North Central Healthcare. And she did it just in time to uh inherit the the county board wanting to separate itself financially and organizationally from North Central Healthcare which the which seems like a big scandal but the the actual budgetary impact of it was roughly 5% of their budget so as a result it was it was a big political problem for North Central Healthcare that our friend had to manage right away. And apparently she did manage it. But I think that <clears throat> what we're seeing is uh, a lot of uh, these these sort of things, like, for example, this, the city of Schofield announced this week that everybody's water bill, did you see the story? No. Everybody's water bill in the city of Schofield, which is a, a suburb of Wausau, will oh, be going will be going up 74%. That's crazy. So, uh, yeah, that's a 74% increase in, in a water bill. Whereas a normal 
you know, increase a financially managed increase from the story is, you know, 3% every year. So, and that's understandable, but, you know, the reason for the increase. So they haven't, they mismanaged this. They just never did. They, the city of Schofield never did an increase. Mm -hmm. They just simply never put one in there. And over the years, the, the water authority or whatever the, uh, whatever they call it, the, the, whatever the department is called, um, had a cash reserve from X amount of years of, you know, shared, shared income and shared tax base with the state of Wisconsin. But over the last couple of years has had to dip into, according to the story, they had a a $150,000 cash, uh, cash reserve. And now they have their, their account is at minus $1,900. So they've expended all of their cash reserves to to sort of get them through this time period. But as a result, they've had to – they're going to have a giant bump. And I just can't imagine um, that, uh, that this is going to work out, that this is going to not lead to some giant outcry. But, I mean, it, it already passed. It's already happening. And uh, – the city of Schofield, these people are just going to have to deal with it. They sort of, I think they missed it on the agenda and sort of snuck through and got passed. So I think that that's a bigger story, or I think that's a giant story. Yeah, wow. So let's let's broaden it out a little bit, if you will. So uh, let's let's talk about uh, some of the stuff that we have here on our Trello page. So, so musically, in 2015, what what was exciting for you? I really liked uh, Kendrick Lamar's new album. People really? Butterfly. Why? It's just something new. I, you know, I think it's the connection to. I think it's the connection to uh, Compton as well. You know, you're so uh, you think of Compton, you think of Dre and Snoop and their musical style. It was just something new, fresh, different. Yeah, the guy with skills. Do you, out do you like his voice? Because it's it's really different. I think his it, his vocals are really different. It, it, it's hard to get used to, but it reminds me of uh, you know the old days of the the what were they called the Native Tongue family? Okay. You know, it was just this unique style. I don't yeah. Know, I so I you know he he comes out does Kendrick Lamar come out of the Odd Future crew? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I think that 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 whole crew now that they've split up, I you know I hope that they do well. Like I hope that you know Earl Sweatshirt you know does something good. So okay. So I'm I'm on Periscope now, and somebody right. on Periscope just hit me up with. Yes, Kendrick did. Okay, so thank you, Periscope. <laughs> um, so Periscope, uh, I mean, Kendrick Lamar does come out of the Odd Future crew, which is kind of nice. Um, I mean, I think that, like, for me, I always had a hard time balancing my like of the Odd Future crew with being 45 years old. Um, so that was, you know, because it was always one of those things where um, – it was always one of those things where they were incredibly energetic and I'm like, yeah, that's what, that's what 
skateboard culture for me, skateboard culture when I was growing up felt like. But then the things that would come out of their mouths, I'm like, you can't say that about girls. You can't say that about girls. So don't don't say those things. So it was always that, you know, where it's like, okay, my my feminism is really getting crossed up with my love of hip hop. So that kind of screwed me up. So, so yeah, I agree. Also on the list, um, you put down Donnie Trumpet and the Social Experiment. Yep, we talked about that. Yeah, one of our podcasts. Yeah, exactly. So you so say something more because I think we both got stoked by that. I just, I, it's just something so unique and different, and I've always been attracted to that in, in hip hop, and I don't think there's any been anything like it since it came out. Yeah, you know, maybe Kendrick to a degree, but I just, it's just, uh, it's like one of those things. <laughs> it's one of those things that uh, it's sort of this one-off that there's nothing going to, there's not going to be anything like it for a long time. Right. I, I think it, and, and I just don't know if, if they're even going to, I don't know if that's going to happen again, you know. Social so. experiment, you know, that's right. what it was. Let's see if we can do this. Yeah. I we mean, did it. It worked. Every, every Let's do time, something new. Right. Every time that you and I talk about this all the time, every time the Death Grips, who I think I like, uh, <laughs> Every time the Death Grips do an album, it's like, I can't believe they did another album. And then you listen to it and you're like, I don't know that I like this, but I think it's cool. And it's like, okay, you know, so we're 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 kind of getting there. Um, yeah, I think – and then you – I don't really – you have to explain how come you put New Order on your list. I always liked New Order. I always liked them and just – I don't know how I got into that whole style of – music but it just seemed like their last few albums were just kind of like you know how Prince used to put out albums all the time and they were they were Prince records right. to them but they weren't very good yes. and you knew it just had a feeling I mean you knew that he was contracted by Warner Brothers to put them out but right. a lot of people didn't know that they just thought they were lame Prince albums Right. but that's what a lot of the last New Order albums have sounded like just we're just putting it out because somebody asked us to or we're under contract to do it and this just seemed like they wanted to put this out they, wanted they made a record because they wanted to yeah they wanted to get back to being new order and right just had that feeling to it yeah that's that's true i i you know i remember like i i skipped new order completely like i didn't pay attention i remember when it came to sort of my consciousness in like 11th grade or something like that you know sort of the girls in the Volkswagens or whatever we're looking for uh, sort of I'm just going to say Euro trash music Um, Mm -hmm. or you know you know it was the Euro trash kids they really wanted to to listen to that dance music and I and it never sort of um, it never really kind of connected to me that or Bauhaus or Erasure or Bauhaus, Pet Shop Boys, you yep. know. So I never really kind of. It never. I was never there, you know. I never got it. But uh, so you know, I. Uh, but it's. But you put. That's a 
good point, you know. And then you also put Sleater Kinney, which is also on my list of, of really impressive things of of last year because I got to see him in concert. Oh yeah, and uh, and I was super stoked because I had seen a, I went back and I looked and I had seen them before, and it made I had no connection uh, to that. So I. Uh, I saw them open for Pearl Jam, and I was going to see. Obviously, I was going to see Pearl Jam, and Sleater Kenny opened for Pearl Jam, and I paid them no attention at all. So you know, wow, that's that's really saying something. So you know, now I probably would have listened to them and walked off when Pearl Jam came on. Right. So that <laughs> that brings up the you know taking my little brother to see. Uh, we went to see. We went to see the. Uh, it was a Neil Young show. It was a Neil Young show, and it was Neil Young. Sonic Youth and Social Distortion. And so now it's like, okay, I'd really wished I would have seen the Neil Young show, but we literally left after Sonic Youth and Social Distortion got done playing because all of a sudden Neil Young walked out and I'm like, that looks like our dad. Okay, let's go. <laughs> you know? And so we never even really got to see him do anything. And it just now it's like, okay, that's, you know, hilarious. But. I also I he Mario and I also walked out on the Ramones once. Oh wow. Yeah, I exactly. Could see that. But dude, seriously, the Ramones are look, for nobody who's ever, for if you've never seen the Ramones, they were a mess. Yeah, you don't really understand what it's like to see 71 minute and 30 second songs played <laughs> without anything hap- without anything else happening. And you're just like Okay, just I just make this be over with now. I I've come, I've seen the thing, I've given you my money, just stop talking. So yeah. But uh off topic for a second. Yeah, Have sure. you heard the Iggy Pop Josh Holm record? Oh, um, yes. Yeah, so I got uh I was lucky enough to get an advanced copy of it about 2 weeks ago with a note from a friend saying, "Don't tell anybody you have this." Wow. So yeah, so I got it and uh so I I'm really excited. I mean, I think that he's made some records that he's wanted he's really wanted to make for like he made a record in French. I don't know if anybody caught that. But he made an entire record where and he doesn't for for the record doesn't speak French. But wow. he wanted to make like he went to France and fell in love with the whole thing and and uh made a record in French. And it's one of those things where it's like, "Oh, okay, Ig, you know, I'm going to buy that, but I might not even unwrap it, you know, so. And and sang on a Kylie Minogue Christmas yep. record. Yep, exactly. Sang on a Kylie Minogue <laughs> Christmas record. But then again, you know, you, you, I, I always think, like, I remember when he sold a song to a car company. He sold, mm-hmm. he sold Lust for Life to a car company, one of his big sort of yeah. anthem, anthem songs. And he, you know. And he explained that I have a wife and a house, and I have to pay bills. So I already made the art. I don't care where the money comes from. And I'm like, okay, right. you're right. You have you have earned this shit. That's fine. So, so uh, were you were you deeply affected by David Bowie passing away? Not the way everybody else was. That was kind of surprising. Yeah, I guess maybe that's something I should put on the list. Did he die before Christmas? I don't think so. I don't know. No. Yeah, anyway. no, he didn't. He died in January. He died just a little bit ago, right? But it's our. But it's everything that happened before now. So I just, I'm, I'm surprised by the outpouring of love. Yeah, for him, I didn't realize that he was uh, as popular as he was. Yeah, I, I, I knew it was going to be like that. I knew that 
you know, he, he sort of really created a, a, a com- almost a complete lifestyle, almost a full-blown human that we grew up with. You know, like the goth kids really sort of spun out of David Bowie and sort of the glam kids. All that sort of spins out of him a lot. And, you know, right, and, but we're... But we're 45. We remember that. Right. I mean, we lived it. Yeah, I'm just that, surprised right. that the people that were, were taken aback by it were not of that age group. Right. They were you know, the millennial age group. It was just it was interesting to see that he still had such an effect on people yeah. today. I think the deal is with that is that enough people sort of name-dropped him. as they, You know, Trent Reznor said his name enough that, okay, so I'll, now I'll pay attention to David Bowie. Right. You know, so I don't really know, but... That might be what happened. I, I, on the other hand, was not affected by David Bowie's passing because he's on the list of bad people for me. So. Oh really? Yeah, I just, uh, I've out, and I'm, I'm wrong about this. I know I'm wrong about this because, I've the, I think he exploited Iggy Pop when Iggy Pop was uh, exploitable, and uh, in the '70s, and I've never forgiven him for that. So. And it, it worked out pretty well for Ig, and it worked out pretty well for David Bowie. So, and uh, Iggy Pop says that I'm wrong that you know David Bowie saved his life, and I just apparently can't forgive him for it. So, just, yeah. my friend, my friend Joe said to me, he goes, "I'm really impressed at how well you're handling the the passing of David Bowie and not being an <laughs> asshole about it." Because normally, you know, like when Steve Spurrier dies or when Sugar Ray Leonard dies, these these other people on the list, I'm going to, you know, more than more than likely have horrible things to say about all of them. But I shut my mouth about uh, about David Bowie. So this could make an interesting podcast, uh, the the podcast of hate. Yeah, yeah, we could we I could do a podcast. I don't the even list need you there. And the wise. No, right. Well, that's true. But... I, don't, I wouldn't even need you there. I could talk about the people on that list for a long time, and <laughs> you know, it's it's. If you go back to the early time on my Twitter feed, it's probably mostly about those people. So yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I think for me, uh, I when I was looking back at the year, I was kind of thinking a little bit more about uh, the technology that in the world at the time and and sort of what I was fascinated by. And, uh, I'm, I'm currently fascinated by, uh, cheap technology, inexpensive, the way the way the price of technology is coming to coming back to meet the world and how, you know, it's, it's now becoming sort of absurd in my opinion to pay $700 for a cell phone. So the the thing that sort of got me that's been really exciting for the last couple of years has been, and we've talked about it, these Motorola cell phones, these Android phones, the Motorola E, the Motorola G, and the Motorola X. So you can get the Motorola E and the Motorola G flat out. You can just buy them for less than $200. It's like, okay, so that's, and then all of a sudden you, you own a phone. You don't, you know, all you need is a data plan. You don't need to subsidize your phone or get a contract with your provider or anything you can just go to AT&T and go give me this plan and this sim card and I'm off and running and I think that that I think that that's fascinating stuff for me and then if you carry that forward the the idea of Chromebooks are in, intensely cool I think that they're they're fat you know the the domination that will I think will come from Chromebooks in colleges and Chromebooks in schools I think will will uh, 
I think Google has a pretty good strategy that way. And now in the last couple of months, I've become secretly fascinated, not secretly fascinated, but fascinated by these stick computers, the Intel uh, CompuStick and then the Google Chrome bit are just essentially full-on computers that are the size of a a USB stick that plug into a monitor via HDMI and and they go from there. And so I think that, and they're both less than 200, again, both less than $200. And so all you need is a monitor, a keyboard, and a mouse and kaboom, you're off and running. So I think that 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 space is fascinating. This idea of just getting online is, is really quite cool because like I remember when netbooks came out, I bought a netbook right away. I remember that. And it was kind of a piece of crap. You know, it really kind of couldn't run a full Windows setup because it was using a chipset from a cell phone. So there there was this it wasn't the world hadn't caught up to the idea yet, and now the technology seems to have caught up to the idea of these inexpensive and small platform I these small platform things so i'm i'm excited to see them so yeah i was gonna say something and i lost it uh, yeah and i don't know so what was your favorite movie of last year well come on okay it, all right so aside question? aside from aside from aside star from wars that. Right, that's okay. That's like saying what's cool. The sun is cool. Okay, so aside from Star Wars, which was the best movie of last year, what well, was your favorite movie of last year? I think uh, I'm going to go with The Big Short. Really? Yeah, I liked it. It was it was a toss up between The Big Short and Spotlight. I really liked those two. Well, I'm kind of in love with you all right see i i uh i just saw spotlight last week yeah and i obviously i loved it because i spent all those years in family planning fighting the catholic church and so the sort of snap people and those the offensiveness of the catholic church as an institution uh was something that i studied for 10 years of my life so that was that was fun to see the the beginnings of how that story broke in America because I felt right. like, all right, you guys are actually telling a story that I know. So it felt familiar to me. And it sort of – I really liked how uh, the Michael Keaton character, it was revealed in the end of the movie that he, he was the one who overlooked this. He right. was the one who looked past it. And it's like, okay, that's – that's pretty ballsy that they put it. They put it out there that you know one of these main characters. I thought for sure it was going to be the guy who passed it over was going to be the guy from Mad Men with the hair, right? Because they were sort of painting him uh, the Woodward character. I think they were sort of painting him as a as a dick or a jackass or or if you would a, a negative character. You know, you sort of waited for the swerve to come, and the the swerve was that Michael Keaton had had been the one who didn't do enough 10 years ago or whatever it was but uh yeah you know as an atheist did i have all kinds of issues with the the story itself um but it was that combined with working in the newspaper industry for yeah. so long it was just it was really cool to see a movie like that again because you know those are the movies that have taken everybody by storm over the years the robert redford what was the all the president's men there no was it yeah okay yeah, yeah I mean, that's those... the story of woodward and bernstein and the yeah, watergate yeah, break right. yeah yeah that i mean 
those movies were always had a special place in my heart. So, yeah, I I I really loved it, and uh, if I would have gotten a chance to see it last year, I it would have probably been my second favorite or my second favorite movie of last year, but it, it wasn't. So, and I saw I saw The Big Short as well, and uh, and I think the the coolest part of The Big Short was just sort of watching Steve Carell's character just get that mad. <laughs> you know, as as somebody who who isn't a stranger to anger issues, that was fun to watch a dude get that pissed off. So, yeah. But I liked that movie because I was getting that pissed off watching it. Yeah. To know that these, you know, this was based on on real life and things right. that had happened to us to watch them fuck the world like they did. Yeah is just it's maddening so you should i've read i read the book i'm in the middle of right. reading another book that michael lewis wrote and uh called the the flash boys and it's again another financial uh story but uh it's what's fascinating to me is just how little control we we actually have right. of our so you know you buy a and house how little any of it makes a difference right you know so, by the end of it they're right back to yeah where like, they started for example you know you you grow up you buy a house and you think you've bought the house or you think you've gotten the mortgage from bank x turns out no that's not the case because bank x just sold a piece of paper to bank y and it just keeps going up and up and up the chain and eventually who the hell knows who you who you owe that money to you know it's it's one of those things where you just go, yeah, I'm going to buy gold bars and keep them in my house. You know, I'm going to be like Aunt or the Granny in the Beverly Hillbillies and pile cash in my, you know, in my mattress because it really, it really was, it was a terrifying picture of just how how different that world is, and, and it's it's that's one of those things where like. If if you're not paying attention, if you're not sort of deep diving into that world, you have no idea what's happening. Like I read uh, the too big to fail thing about the about the accompanying crisis that sort of went after the big short, you know, with the big banks starting to fail, and uh, and that's a level of finance that affects everybody in the world, and nobody in the world knows what the hell those people are talking about. No. You know, and you couldn't do a deep dive and really understand it to the level that they do. So, right, you know, yeah. Like in the in the uh, too big to fail, they they sort of had a chapter on how a company, say for example, General Electric, has to borrow money, billions of dollars, every week to to pay payroll. Just just to, I mean, they bought they borrow the money for seven days to pay payroll and then they pay it back and then they have to borrow it again to pay pay because they don't have the billions of dollars on cash on hand to pay payroll and it's just i'm like okay and then you know so we've all worked you and i have worked at small businesses small nonprofits, and so like i i've heard stories of nonprofits having to go to the bank this week and you know, just to to get a short term lo- cash infusion, if you will, or loan. Normal people would call it a loan to to uh, to get through payroll, so that 
those checks that they hand out to their employees or their vendors are valid. And that's fascinating to me that 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 sort of short-term credit exists because you and I both screwed up our credit bad enough in our 20s that we don't I don't think I could get that kind of loan. So, <laughs> you know, but uh yeah, I think that so so then let's So if Spotlight is your second favorite movie, I'm going to need you to explain why what I think is your first favorite movie. So uh, my first favorite movie was Sicario. Okay, that's not what I thought. So what did you think it was going to be? I thought you were going to say Mad Max. No, uh-uh. So, yeah, okay. So the deal with that is I I went back, you know, Mad Max is everybody, this seems to be kind of everybody's number two, if you will. And uh, so I went and I watched Mad Max recently on HBO. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it again. Watched it and uh, just nothing there. Just I'll sort of, yeah. I'm like, okay, this is great, but, yep, I didn't need to watch this a second time, you know. Good. Okay. So yeah, no, my if well, I think when I made the list, I think Sicario was the number two, Be, and it was that's the Emily Brunt, Emily Blunt, Josh Brolin, Benicio del Toro, um, drug trafficking movie about uh, the drug war in El Paso, Texas, on the on the border of Texas, and so I. I really liked it because it was the first time – because I didn't see Emily Blunt in Edge of Tomorrow. So I've never seen her do – apparently she's done a few action movies or been sort of more of an ass kicker than I expected her to be. I just thought she was funny. And uh, so she, you know, she's shooting guns and beating people up and getting the shit kicked out of her in this movie. And it's sort of really, really sort of a surprise. And then the other part of the movie is that I liked is it's a really good story. Like it doesn't sort of let the narrative that uh, that it that it was that it is it doesn't let it out at the end. It just you know it brings it to its horribly violent conclusion, and it doesn't sort of sugarcoat that ending. So I think that that's that was fun. You know, I really liked that movie. Um, I haven't been that tense in a movie in a long time. That yeah, was just one of those that I, yeah, you right. Realize all of a sudden that you're. Your shoulders hurt because you're all clenched up. And, exactly. Yeah, that was, that was something. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, I think that was the deal with, specifically with her. Because, you know, like, I think she's John Krasinski's wife or fiancé or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've seen her in, like, she was in the five-year engagement and a couple other sort of movies. And uh, sam- salmon fishing on the Yemen with with Ewan McGregor. Oh, yeah, I like that movie. Right, exactly. So she's done a bunch of sort of those kind of things. She was in... Uh, the September, it not the September issue. The what was that? Uh, the Anne Hathaway, Meryl Streep movie. All oh, right. The Devil Devil Wears Prada. Prada. So she's sort of overtly funny in that and stuff. And in this movie, she just gets the crap kicked out of her. Just, oh no! You got to watch Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, it's even. Okay. Yeah, she's a that she's a warrior. Okay, that good because it's you know it's she's one of those sort of female actors that I'm like. Yep, I want to pay attention to this because this this seems cool. You know, like Krasinski just made that uh, Michael Bay right. movie, thirteen, 13 Benghazi, hours. thirteen hours, and not really mm-hmm. interested in in that. But I'm interested in the idea that he's going to transition into, you know, I'm a dude who works out and can grow a beard. You know, whereas before he was sort of, I'm on the office and I'm funny and I'm pretty non-threatening. <laughs> You know, so 
Word is they want her to play the lead in the Mary Poppins reboot. Oh, God. Why? Really? <laughs> okay, I didn't even know they were going to... Why did... Jesus. So much for kicking ass. Somebody somebody <laughs> write a story that isn't a reboot, for fuck's sake. Just do something else. But okay. All right, so then... So as far as movies, what are we looking for? What are you looking forward to in 2016? Well, it's another year of superheroes, so... I... I don't think I know if there's any other movies even coming out other right. than superhero movies. Looking forward to Captain America. Really looking forward to Doctor Strange. Got a new Star Wars movie coming out in December. So, really? Yeah. Well, the, oh, the Star Wars, the Rogue One, the, the Rogue One in between okay. movie, but it's going to bring back Darth Vader. So, you know. Oh. I'm all in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I think I'm really, you know, I'm looking forward to. Uh, Suicide Squad. I didn't think I would be, but um, uh, Margot Robbie is is really kind of growing on me, and uh, so because I, I I went and I watched um, that Will Smith movie Focus that she was in. Yeah, that was all right. Right, and I think what I I think the secret talent that Margot Robbie has is I think she's really funny. Yeah, like the scene in. In focus, where they they pick up the the guy who makes his own gravies, um, the he's stealing ATM machines or something, and they're talking about Margot Robbie while she's in the back seat. I'm like that, and then she's she's responding and she does some stuff with her hands. I'm like, okay, that looks hilarious, or that was hilarious. And then she did a movie with Tina Fey called uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which is coming out. And, oh, yeah, uh, okay. The pre in the preview, she looks she looks like she's just doing jokes. I'm like, okay, good. So, yeah. She is she funny? She's funny in that movie. Yeah, it looked. Yeah, I mean that's a comedy. It's a comedy. Yeah, mm. about embedded journalists in the in the war, and so you know, so I'm, I'm excited. I don't. You Wasn't know. she the first of those strange segues in the Big Short too? Yes, she was. Yes, she was the first. Yes, Margot Robbie in a bat in a bubble bath. Yes, that's right. The Selena Gomez playing poker. Yeah, that was there too. So, right. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that's going to be good. So, we've been talking now for an hour, and I think that that's kind of the the, the breaking point for us um, to, to, to be interesting for folks. So, like, like we said, uh, this is our first recording after we joined the iTunes family. And after our podcast was sort of widely or widely available, is sort of openly available for everything. So we we are. I'm, I'm just going to say I am thrilled. We are thrilled that you're listening. Thank you. Yeah, I think that uh, keep it up. Tell your friends, yep. your family. So Eric built our website. It's the website is a constantly evolving thing, just because WordPress is a lot of fun to mess around with. Um, we are now paying attention to our Twitter feed, whereas we weren't for a year um so you can come find us on twitter at here you here the letters you are wasa at here letters you are and wasa so that's where we are i think I, I built a facebook page you can come find us on facebook at probably here you are wasa as well um if you go in the on the website, you'll find a link to my Spotify playlist to go along with this podcast. And uh, 
And we look forward to hearing from you guys. Yeah, please reach out to us. Exactly. So. Here you are, Wasa, at gmail.com. Oh, God, we just gave away an email. That's going to lead to a lot of spam. But okay, that'll be awesome. So, yeah. So, anything else, buddy? I don't think so. Okay, cool. It's been good talking to you. Cautiously, and with our eyes open, to encourage some interchange of ideas, we have to start thinking about tomorrow. I've heard that somewhere. Save your energy. We must act today in order to preserve tomorrow. And let there be no misunderstanding. Our objectives are clear. Well, I'd like to go in Russia and show them this rock and roll people. You think the Russians could dig your kind of music? They'll dig it. Save your energy. Lucky under! The big brusque and said that it's just a damn it like I know. We are talking about a society in which there will be no roles other than those chosen or those earned. We are really talking about humanism. Why did you put what we said on the radio? To encourage some interchange of ideas, of books, magazines, students, tourists, artists, radio programs, technical experts. We declare our right on this earth to be a man, to be a human being, to be respected as a human being. I want you and your boys to cease and desist from violating the American airwaves or I won't be responsible for the consequences. Further communications may not be possible. It's this guy. He's got a pirate radio station. What we intend to bring into existence by any means. Uhura, what's on the comm channels? Very active, sir. Multi-facing transmissions, overlapping. It's almost a gibberish. Welcome. 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 Simply adjust the frequency. The switch. Welcome to Radio Program. Beginning according to plan.